I don't know what would have happened if my mom had not put us in those schools and all with all those beautiful people. Laverne Summerlin, a local professor and author, grew up in a West End before the construction of I-75. I-75 wasn't there when I was in school. Now, Fifth and Mound is the Fifth Street exit ramp of I-75. That's where our school used to be. Hear about the Catholic Church's work in the West End in part one of this installment of the West End Stories Project. I'm Key, branch manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library's West End Branch Library. Thanks for listening. Laverne Summerlin moved to the West End when she was in the fifth grade. First, we lived on 7th Street, and then we moved to 8th Street, and then we moved to the uh, Lincoln Courts uh, Project on uh, Clark Street. At one point, we were living out there in Lachlan with my grandmother, and like, Lord, it's like, talk about discipline. It was so strict. Uh, but she was great when we think back on it. When we lived on 7th Street and 7th Street and 8th Street, congestion is the word that comes to mind. Congestion comes to mind. We had one huge room. And we shared uh, a kitchen with the other four or five people who lived in that one building. These were, on 7th Street and 8th Street, these were both uh, one-family dwellings that had been converted to uh, cold water tenements. We didn't stay, I don't think we stayed there for about a half a year. Then we moved on 8th Street. We probably stayed there a year. On 8th Street, the landlord had converted that one-family dwelling into seven cold water tenements. This was back in the day when uh, people were heating the homes with coal. And I'll start with the first unit. That was in the basement. And the man, the janitor, or the maintenance man, I guess, uh, for, the apart- for, the, for the building, he lived down there in that basement with that coal. I mean, his entrance to his apartment was, you know, those doors that you see out on the sidewalks that you can open up and walk down the steps. That was his entrance to his apartment. It was three stories, family in the front, family in the back, family in the front, family in the back. Uh, One room and a tiny kitchen. Thank God for our Catholic parish because we really didn't spend much time in there because we'd hang up, my siblings and I would hang around the schoolyard. They had all kinds of activities for us anyway, uh, different clubs, organizations, athletic, non-athletic, all kinds of stuff they had for us. Um, then we moved to the Lincoln Courts, and to this day I just find it so interesting. You hear some people trash um the projects. To me, the projects were heaven. We had hot and cold water. We had our own bathroom. Uh, we had four, four, four rooms, four or five rooms. Everything we had, it was it was crowded. It was crowded. 
but it was like moving uptown to me. <laughs> the with the different bedrooms and a, a living room and a kitchen where you could put a table in it and sit down, whatever. And 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 again, the changes. Uh, it's like it was a nice place for us to live, but it was crowded, and there were neighborhood bullies, and you had to be careful. I'm not saying it was all hunky-dory and perfect, because it wasn't. One of the things I did not like about the projects was the, uh, I don't like being around a lot, a lot of people. And the winter, everybody's sort of in their own place. Now, you let a hot day come out there, and all these people, and I felt claustrophobic. There would be so many people out. They weren't necessarily bothering me, but I just didn't like being around that many people. So fortunate for me, I was hired as a camp counselor when I was in the ninth grade. And so, and I loved it. Every summer, I was working at camp all summer. And that was a great, great joy. You hated being that confined. But, but, but the, you think of how, how we came from living in those constricted environments to where we are today. Uh, but, but it says a lot about uh, survival. Both of her parents migrated to Cincinnati from Mississippi following their siblings. My mom spent a great deal of her time working as a, as a domestic, um, as a maid, going to places like Wyoming, Amberley Village, catching the bus early in the morning, coming back late in the evening. She was very strict, very strict, uh, very um, very much into education, made it very clear to us how important education was. She wanted to get a college education herself, but she never got it because she had these children that she had to support. But she made it very, very clear that we were all going to college, and all of us went to college, all eight. Even though she was often gone uh, because of her working hours, uh, we always felt her presence, I think. Her family was more important to her than anything. And her children leading productive lives, that was extremely important to her as well. Her father, a cook who once worked for the Netherland Hilton Hotel, left Cincinnati when she was 10 years old. It's one of the things about my father. He always worked. He, he was a hard-working person. And my father, even, you know, he, he left when I uh, was in the fifth grade. Uh, but I always maintained contact with him. Uh, I remember the one nun would always tell me, don't hate your father. And I was thinking, I don't hate him. And, 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 and in fact, um, even though his leaving made things much more difficult for my mother and put a, so many extra burdens on her, um, I had no ill will toward him. And I continued to see him. And I think, you know, the 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 uh pressures of poverty, children, relationships, uh I, I just you know, I was 
I was 10 years old when he left, so I really don't have any idea. And it's nothing. I, you know, my mother was not the kind of person that was going to discuss anything like that with her children. Um, she never said anything negative about him, you know, which I thought was interesting and, and also wise that she did not. She just kept moving. She put us in Catholic schools because of the uh, their reputation for academic excellence and also because of the uh, parish environment there. It was such a vibrant, and she needed help, I think. And, and as a consequence, she turned to the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church uh, came through for us. Uh, there were so many people who were looking after us when she wasn't around. The first school she attended in the West End was Holy Trinity. Once located on 5th and Mound Street, it's now the 5th Street exit ramp on I-75 South. Everybody thinks their school is it, you know. <laughs> but we really knew we were it, uh, as, as somebody said, uh, because there was such a, a vibrancy about that parish. Uh, the nuns and their strictness and some of them, they were very strict and they were caring. And though that particular order of nuns, the Blessed Sacrament Sisters, that order was founded to teach black folks and Native Americans. The priests at that parish at that time, those were young priests. They had just come over here from uh, Verona, Italy. Uh, that order was really founded to help Africans. But because of the war and whatever, they decided to come to uh, the United States. Our parish was the very first parish that these Italian priests worked in. Again, these were young men who were committed to helping Africans. And because of that element there of, uh, I mean, we've all, we've all, all heard of racist teachers. Some of them were Catholic. But, but I think because of their commitment to social justice for black folks, we had a really special experience in that parish, in that parish. And that wasn't always the same with other individuals in other parishes. But in that parish, I think that was key. You had this, this vibrant mix of black folks, some business people who had been educated in Catholic schools who came back to help. You had a mix of people of other ethnicities who had originally belonged to the parish before it transitioned into a black parish, because originally it was a German parish. But some of those people came back to help. And, I mean, there, there, are, just, there are just so many individuals, just so many individuals. One of these individuals was Mr. Carl Bates, a janitor who wore many hats. Mr. Bates, black man, they wanted to canonize him and make him a saint. Why? This man was, uh, he was a janitor. He was a chauffeur who brought the nuns to school every day because they lived on Dayton Street and our school was on Fifth Street. He was a band director, outstanding musician, who would prepare us the, for concerts, who would prepare us for graduations, who would... Back at the day between 1936 and 1970, there was this Holy Name Day Parade. You used to march down as a Charles Drive. 
and the people that he had trained were marching in that parade. It was a parade of all the Catholics in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and he was there. So here you have this janitor who was also the chauffeur, who was also the band director, who taught every single instrument in the band, who was also the Boy Scout leader, the first black person to get this uh, prestigious regional black uh, Boy Scout award. And when they needed someone to serve mass, he was the altar server. And when they needed somebody to stay after school to watch us, to supervise us, he was there. Was, there were so many people like that in that parish. It was amazing. She graduated from Our Lady of Mercy High School in 1955. The school building is still next to Cincinnati Union Terminal, but it's Cincinnati Job Corps Center now. You know, you know where the Job Corps is? I do. Okay. That's my high school. That was my high school building. The Sisters of Mercy uh, sold that building to the Job Corps people in 1970. The Job Corps has only been there since 1970. That's when the Catholic Church turned the building over. I don't exactly know who owned it. But prior to the Job Corps being in there, uh, at first it was the mother house for the Sisters of Mercy. Then it was the Our Lady of Mercy Academy, because uh, it was mainly for it was a private school. Then when the black folks started, more and more black folks moved into the West End, then they integrated it and uh, made it Our Lady of Mercy High School. It's, it's interesting, if you look on the front of that building, uh took pictures of that. One of the statements, of course, says Cincinnati Job Corps. But if you look also, you'll see something that says Religious Sisters of Mercy or something like that, it says. And then the third one says Academy. If you just go and look at the front of that, it, it, it's interesting how that history is right there of that building, about how it moved from the mother house to the, uh, to the high school to now the Job Corps in 1970, I think was the year that they sold the building. And if you go inside, you can see it's unfortunate that we have this gorgeous chapel, and now that's the basketball court. Stay tuned for part two of Miss Summerlin's episode, where she discusses DePores High School, Bingo, and her friendship with John Harshaw. The Weston Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library, and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our grants librarian, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe to West End Stories Project wherever you get your favorite podcasts and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.